Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place where you can find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcome questions and learn to live free and real. Each week, we will take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join Joe and Jeremy as they get real with themselves, with God, and with you. Welcome back, everybody, to Real Life Living in the Here and Now. This is the uh, second episode of our Identity um, crisis topic. This is our, our third episode altogether. Uh, the first one we talked about, uh, really just kind of a welcome introduction of who we are and what we're doing here. And then our first uh, episode after that uh, dealt with identity. And we talked about kind of what is identity. And we, we discussed basically there's uh, really kind of two types. There's there's what God says about us and then there's everything else. And so if you haven't listened to that uh, first identity episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one first. Um, it's kind of a progression leading into um, identity and different stages of identity, different thoughts about it, kind of what it is. And this episode in particular, we're going to be talking about where it comes from. And so with me as always, Mr. Joe Farmer, um, can you give us a little summarization of what we talked about last week and, and really what identity is before we move into where it comes from? Um, well, I just truly believe that our, our world, and particularly our nation, is, is kind of in a, in a crisis of identity, and it's it's taken on a lot of different forms. Um, you know, people today claim they don't even know what gender they are, Jeremy. And, you know, that is just heartbreaking to see people today that just don't know who they are. So there's a crisis today. Um, your identity simply uh, stated is just knowing who you are in God and who God is in you. And it's just as simple as, as I know to state it. And anything outside of that um, is really a false sense of, of identity. Identity theft is the fastest growing crime in the world. And that's where somebody steals your identity, they steal your social security number, all your personal information. And they go out and they do things in your name that you wouldn't do. And people today, that, that in examples such as I just mentioned or, or whatever it is, fill in the blank, that's what's happening today. Their identity's been stolen. Uh, they're not who God intended them to be. And so they are acting in ways and doing things that they wouldn't do if they knew truly who they were in God and who God was in them. Yeah, and the big problem with this, y'all, is is like we said last week, a lot of times, apart from God, everything our identity is, is wrapped up in is essentially what we're doing or something we're doing. And even if that necessarily isn't a bad thing, at the end of the day, the reason this is all in a problem, the, re the reason we're talking about this is because, you know, as Joe has mentioned, we live in a day and time where so many people, are, they just do not know who they are. And at the end of the day, that leads to hopelessness, uh, it leads to anxiety, uh, depression, all kinds of just feelings of, I mean, it, it's a terrible place to be. And I've, I've been there, you know, as a teenager growing up and, and trying to figure out who I was, not really knowing who you are and, and, and where you fit in all these things. And it makes it even harder, as we talked about uh, before, too, when you're coming from a place where uh, constant negativity is being spoken over you and the, these false 
influences are, like you said, stealing who you are. It makes it extremely difficult. So we're diving into this and we're talking about identity. And our goal at the end of this is for you to realize who you are in Christ. And, and because that identity cannot be shaken. Um, so really, really, Joe, let's talk about uh, where identity comes from. And maybe we'll split this up into two parts. But uh, where, 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 does, where does false identity come from? Those things that uh, kind of steal and take. What are some of those examples? Well, I want to I want to start by reading the scripture and, and talk a little bit about that. And um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and twelve says, "For I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. And thirteen says, "If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you," says the Lord. Um, the King James says that he'll give you an expected end. And if you look at that in the original language, you know, the word expected means a cord. It means a, a ground of hope. It's like an anchor. Lord says, I want to give you a cord, a ground of hope. It means an expectation, an expected end. In other words, I'm going to give you a purpose. You know, it's going to be like an anchor. You might drift, but you'll never truly go astray. And the word end means posterity or all future generations. It literally means to be a progenitor or forefather, an ancestor in direct line, an originator. So what the Lord is saying here, I want to give you a foundation. I want to give you an anchor. And I want to make you an ancestor in direct line or an originator, a forefather. You're going to have... Uh, you're going to have a, a, a lineage. You're going to have a, a, a past and a future. Um, and that's what he said. I'm going to give you a hope and a future. So the hope is in... And, and if you look at the Bible um, and, and the Gospels, especially Luke, and Luke was an incredible historian, he goes through the entire genealogy of Christ. You know, we read that in the Bible and we get bored halfway through and we just skip through what we think is the quote-unquote good stuff. But especially Jewish people understand that. Why is that important? You know, why is it important that I know where I came from? Because that's your ground of hope. That's your expectation. That's who you are. Uh, good, bad, or the ugly. You know, we did something with our kids here a couple years ago where that we, uh, we talked to our family. I, I went and talked to my, my papa raised me and my mama. And my papa's brother is still alive. He's almost 90. So I went to talk to him about my family. And young people don't talk about family. And we talked about our family history. And my wife did the same. And then we talked about our spiritual history, our testimony. And we told that to our kids. And then as a part of that, we came up with a, a values statement and a mission statement for us as a family. And the reason we did that is that we have to know where we came from. And then we that helps us know where we're going. Now you might think, my God, where I came from is a total train wreck and dumpster fire. Yeah, but you still, you still have to know that. You know, I'll never forget. I was driving through Eastern Kentucky at the time. I was a faith-based community coordinator for Operation Unite, and I traveled all 29 districts or 29 counties of the Fifth Congressional District, and I was on the road a lot. And I'll never forget. I was almost at the hiding spur, and God spoke to me, and He said, "Embrace your roots." Well, Jeremy, I spent my whole life trying to get away from my roots and, and not wanting anything to do with my roots. So I began to go back, you know, 
God wants to redeem those things. And so that's, I don't know if I even answered your question. Uh, but um, Yeah, we'll, we'll steer back around to it. That, that's fine. I think that's uh, definitely, definitely some good stuff there. As a matter of fact, I know in my Christian walk, um, the majority of it, and really what we're talking about a lot of times here on this show is some difficult times, right? Some difficult things to, to battle through. And for me in my life, all those things really have been God kind of exposing some things in my past, those deep roots, so to speak, uh, where some of those hurts came in, uh, some of those wounds came in, some of those identity issues came in, and so He could He could speak life into it and heal those areas. And if we if we don't reveal those things, if we don't go back to Him and look at them, then then God can't redeem them. He wants us, even though it hurts, yeah. He wants to heal them. So. You know, in saying all that, the first place your identity comes from is from your Heavenly Father. Secondly, the second place your identity comes from is from your earthly father. So, now, over 50% of, of every child born today in America is born without a father. Over about 50% of the people in our county don't live with their mom or their dad. Even biologically, it's the father that determines the sex of the child. It's the chromosomes that the father has that determines whether the child is male or female. That explains gender confusion today. So when you look at it like that, and you might think, well, you know, I don't believe that. Well, you know, it's true. Whether, you know, whether we believe it or not or want to believe it, if you look in, in, in the Bible, for example, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, 55 through 58, it's a very... Uh, familiar story but uh, David had killed Goliath uh, but most people don't know the history of David and there's a whole history there of how his mom um, had kind of tricked Jesse uh, into having a child and he'd got to this point where he was questioning whether or not he should have married her because of her lineage because of the laws that they'd had that he shouldn't have, and he decided they weren't, they weren't, they wouldn't be together anymore, you know, biblically to have children, and so they kind of switched it around. And, and David was born, and he was he was he was despised. Uh, and if you read the Psalms, you can see that, you know, he says all the people in the gate they look at me and they shake their head. Um, but in verse fifty-five, as Saul watched David go out to fight the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? I really don't know, Abner declared. This New Living Translation. Well, find out who he is, the king told him. And as soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. <laughs> David was a bad man. That's wild. What was the first thing that Saul asked him? Tell me about your father. Yep. Tell me about your father, young man, Saul said. And David replied, His name is Jesse. And we live in Bethlehem. Now think about that for a minute. David knew and Saul knew something that all of us eventually find out sometime or another in our lives. We come up against something or we do something. We either fail miserably or we do something great. And we realize people want to know who, we, 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 who is your father? You know, and... That's a tough question for a lot of people. You know, Saul knew something that we all got to learn. You can't accomplish anything great without a father. And, and, and there is one question that gets to the heart of every problem you had, and that is, who is your daddy? Mm -hmm. You know, 
So that's why we, the enemy fights so hard. Look at, look at TV today. You cannot find one sitcom, one movie that the man, unless it's made by somebody from a biblical perspective, the man is not a complete idiot. He's not made fun of by his children or his wife. He has absolute no authority in his home. He gets zero respect from his children. I, I, I challenge you. Turn the tape. Find me one. And that's on purpose. Because the devil knows if he can destroy families, he can destroy lives. So we've got people out there today that simply don't know who they are because they don't have a father. Or you have a father, but... Uh, and this may not, he may not have been a bad person, but he never told you who you were. And the definition of a father wound, Jeremy, is the difference between what your earthly father can give you and what your heavenly father can give you. So even if you had the greatest dad in the world, he's still not your heavenly father. So there's always a difference there. Yeah, it always comes back to us having to realize, you know, who. What, what what our heavenly Father says about us, and and like you were saying, my my dad, I was raised by my grandparents. My mom and dad uh, split up when I was little, and uh, and both my grandpa and my dad are, you know, quote unquote, good people. Um, but you know, my grandpa, especially, you know, coming from an older type mentality and things like that, they were not very good at telling me who I was, and so that left me. Even though they they never really. You know, like I said, they weren't bad people, so to speak. They weren't abusing me and things like that or, or whatever have you. But but at the same time, I was still left really not knowing who I was. Um, and and not, that was until, you know, I met Jesus and, and learned what he said about me and, and he, him being my heavenly father where I found that true um, that true foundation. And, and um, yeah, so, so we, we know that, um, we know that, our Heavenly Father uh, gives us our firm foundation, our genuine, true identity. What are just just real quick? What are some things? Because a lot of people may be in this place of, okay, um, maybe they're not there yet. We kind of being on the, on this side of the fence, so to speak. We can look back, and I can look back at my life, and I can see the things that were pulling me in in, in different directions. Uh, versus what God was saying about me, but what are what are those things that people may should even look out for? That, uh, like you said, some of those things that are coming to steal uh, that are that are basically feeding people uh, a false sense of identity. Well, let me just, uh, and, and I hope this will answer your question. And if not, I'm sorry. But let me go through. First of all, you might think, you know, I, well, I don't believe that. What's the, well? Let me let me give you some some uh, some stats on fatherless children. Okay. Uh, they account for 63% of youth suicides. Uh, 90% of all homeless and runaway youth are, don't have a father. 90%. 85% of all children that exhibit behavior disorders. High school dropouts. 71% of all high school dropouts don't have a father. Uh, juvenile detention rates. 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions. As far as substance abuse, 75% of adolescent patients in substance abuse center, they account for 75% of rapists motivated by displaced anger. And to back up that data, uh, you know, a 2016 report uh, of 
teenagers placed in juvenile residential facilities shows that 45% were living with only one parent at the time. And that's a significant difference when compared to 30% of teens in two-parent homes. So kids living in single-parent homes or in step families report lower educational expectations, less parental monitoring. Uh, children from low-income two-parent families outperform students from high-income single-parent family homes. Uh, a study from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services concluded that fatherless children are at a dramatically greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse. And why is that? Why do people use drugs? You know, we got, we got the government uh, spending billions of dollars trying to help people get off drugs. But why do people use drugs? People use drugs to medicate an emotional wound, something that you can't see. And that's why most of the things out there don't work. Until you know who you are, you know. A kid that knows who they are, they don't do this. Um, but fathers matter. When men and women are, are different and they parent in different ways, they, they just are. We're not saying men are superior to women. We're not saying that the mother isn't important. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, they are equal in personhood, but they are different in function. You just have different jobs. That's just all, all it is. It doesn't mean if you're a mom doing uh, a mother, no matter how good a mom you are, you can never be a father. And a father can never be a mother. It just You just can't. And God designed it this way. So um, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but I wanted to, to, uh, to touch on that for a minute, that you know, the kids that don't have a father, I mean, this is real, Jeremy. Um, you need somebody speaking into your life telling you who you are. Yeah, so that, that definitely answers the question, Joe. And, and like you're saying, that this false sense of identity is coming from, you know, we, we touched on it the last episode, but it comes from a lot of different things, and we can look to different things that give us false identity, whether it be jobs, you know, careers, money, right. you know, hobbies, all that good stuff. But at the root of all this stuff, and that's that's what I like here, is what you, we're getting to, uh, you're touching on the root of where these things are coming from. And a lot of times, you know, those statistics are, are staggering. But a lot of times, these broken homes, people, uh, kids being raised up in these homes where they're not being told who they are. And and really, my big takeaway from this is the importance of, of families and, and the attack in our country right now in the world uh, on families, on marriages, uh, and, and men and women getting, we have to realize we we have such tremendous responsibility as mothers and as fathers and and how all that works together and, and how we're raising our children up and becoming who they're meant to be. Um, that's that's where all this is, the, the roots are coming from these things. Right. So, you know, the false sense of who you are comes from not having a father in your life telling you, who you are. So if you look at, for example, the prodigal son, you know, everybody knows the story in the Bible. He took his inheritance, which wasn't, you know, maybe very common, but it wasn't unusual for a, a, a son to go ask for his, you know, his inheritance from his father before he died. He went out and he blew it all, lived like the world, party, drink, all those things, and he finally went back to his father's house. His father met him, he gave him his ring. He gave him his sandals, and he gave, and he, you know, and they had a party. He gave him his identity. 
his authority and his destiny. Mm-hmm. You know, all those things come from your father. Mm-hmm. And we have to be intentional about that. You have to tell your kids who they are on purpose. You know, there's three things your kids should hear from you about every day. I love you, I'm proud of you, and I'm glad you're my son or you're my daughter. And you have to tell them who they are. Tell your kids they're smart. You know, don't give them a false sense of, you know, don't blow smoke up their hind. And I I see kids out here, their parents just told them they're the next LeBron James, and, and they're five foot nothing and can barely dribble the basketball. You know, that's not helping them. You're setting them up for failure. Tell them who they are in God. Mm-hmm. You're... Um, your role as a father is to find out what God has gifted your kids to do and bless it. That's what it is. So you you look for those things in your kid. You look for those things that God is doing in their life and you bless it. So that's where the false sense comes from. And then, I, I don't know, if the next episode we could talk about how to get that back. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, most people, Jeremy, when you understand this, you look at people different. It's not an excuse you know, I am what I am today because this is what I choose to be. It's not an excuse, but it is a reason. You know, it's not an excuse for me to go around and continue to use drugs and abuse people. And it's not an excuse for you to continue to be a womanizer or a workaholic or, or whatever it is, that, whatever, however that's manifested in your life. So, but it is a reason, and but there is hope. And we're going to get into that in the next episode or two. Yeah, yeah. The next episode we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about you know how do we, how do we change this and things like that. And we have to realize that you know the a point I want to wrap up with uh, too is is no matter how good of a, when we talk about families and our roles and, and things like that. Even if I'm just a good dad apart without God, I'm still it, it's going to be false. Our our sense of what we speak over our kids and, and our sense of identity for ourselves has to come from. The father, and it's so it's so so true, man. I just think about my son Everett really fast, just to kind of I'll close up my portion here. But uh, I'm mean, every day when I take him and drop him off to school, we have this little routine. Basically, you know, I tell him I love him, I'm proud of him. Um, you know, God's got His hand on him, things like that, and uh, uh, and and kind of the stuff I've learned from you, stuff you've spoken over me as I grew up as a teenager and still do. And I, and I tell him that you know he's a world changer. He's you know he's he's going to do great things. And I just encourage him things like that. And one day, I said uh, I said you're going to change the world one day. And he said, Daddy, I'm already changing the world. <laughs> and he's four years old. So <laughs> awesome. I mean, they they take what you what you speak over them, they run with it. Exactly. So it's, it's pretty cool. I'll never forget one day. You know, I, I do that to my kids. And my son Seth, he put his hands over his ears. He says, "I know, Daddy, it's stuck in my head." <laughs> I said, you're darn right, it's stuck in your head. Um, that also poses some challenges too, you know, but we'll get into all that. And listen, we appreciate you guys tuning in to uh, Real Life, Living in the Here and Now. Uh, we encourage you to tune back in next week as we delve back into our topic of identity crisis. Go out there in the world and remember to keep it real. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us next week as we tackle real life together.